This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. LSU's headed to the college football playoff officially now, but first... LSU is your 2019 SEC champions after destroying Georgia in Atlanta, 37 to 10. I'm Billy Embody. With me, Shay Dixon, who is there live for that really just destruction of the Bulldogs by the Tigers from really start to finish. And Shay, uh, what a what a day in Atlanta. And and I was talking with some people before we we jumped on the pod, but. The best thing that probably happened to LSU a few weeks ago was was dropping to that number two ranking, and they really left no doubt on Saturday afternoon into the evening who the SEC champion was and then eventually who the number one team in the country is. No doubt. I mean, I go back to the Ole Miss game when obviously they had played really well in the first half defensively, uh, and then in the second half, um, John Reese Plumley and, and Ely just ran wild on them, certainly Plumley did. Uh, and everyone knocked their defense, said, look, this is not a, a number one team in the country type of defense. Obviously, the next week they play Arkansas. Arkansas is not good, so naturally they look great against them. But they played A&M at the end of the year, and, and I know that A&M, uh, they're not world beaters this year, but they had an offense that was scoring on other teams, and uh, LSU held them to just seven points, put up 50 on them, had arguably their best defensive showing of the season, and then you pour into the SEC championship game against Georgia, and uh, hold them to just 10 points. Uh, they were never in the game uh, be, you know, outside of the first quarter when it was 0-0, zero, zero, uh, and quickly it was 7 nothing. Uh, and I think that the defense, now that they're healthy, uh, has really put on um, kind of a few statement performances. I mean, Stingley said it after the game uh, when he met with the media, and I asked, you know, what have these past few showings said about y'all's defense? And he said, people, I mean, the committee is what he meant, uh, you know, have been knocking us and doubting us. And uh, we wanted to go out there and show that we're as good as any defense in the country. And uh, certainly, uh, if they're playing as good as they are and you have the number one offense in the country, which LSU does have, uh, that makes you a really tough out. And anybody, for me, Billy, who put on um, and, and, you know, we're at the game, but if you're sitting at home and you're uh, on the committee and you watch LSU at three o'clock play Georgia and completely dismantle the team that you ranked number four in the country. Uh, and then it immediately bleeds into the kickoff of the Ohio State-Wisconsin game. Uh, and not until the second half and really the fourth quarter does Ohio State get up and then uh, ultimately, you know, pull ahead in that game against the team that's number eight in the country and is not as talented as Georgia. Uh, so I wouldn't – I didn't see a way how you could have said uh, LSU wasn't the number one team. And uh, there was a lot of debate back and forth publicly about which way the committee might be leaning – uh, ultimately, we saw when the playoff rankings came out at 11 a.m., they did have LSU at number one. And uh, I don't think that onlookers would give that much kickback, given that uh, LSU does have the number one offense in the country. Their defense looks better. They're 13-0 and, and they're SEC champions against a, a Georgia team that really didn't look they, like they belonged on the same field that night. Yeah, and, and interesting enough, the committee kept Georgia at number five, too. So that shows you what 
they still thought of Georgia, even though they lost to just a far superior LSU team. A lot of talk about Joe Burrow is going to be had this week with all the awards and, and things like that that are coming his way. But uh, Derek Tingley on, on Saturday was was borderline. I, I mean, you can just easily sit there and say Joe Burrow is the MVP. But, I mean, Derek Stingley came up with some massive interceptions at key moments, one to, one in a really critical junction where, where Georgia kind of could have kept it close to an extent, and then one really to, to put the game on ice, and that's when the route was on. Oh, I mean, yeah, completely. Uh, it, it was one of those things that I thought that what stood out to me most uh, in that one, Billy, was what Burrow did under pressure. Uh, and we've seen the PFF stats throughout the year. Um, Cody Warsham at LSU has, has tweeted them seemingly each week about uh, the gap, really not this year, but since PFF's been keeping QBR ratings of what Burrow's done under pressure. And we saw so many times in that game uh, his footwork for NFL, you know, scouts or GMs or, or coaches who are going to want to eval him uh, and potentially look at him as as a draft prospect. If you want to know what his footwork's like, go look at that game because he was seeing pressure that was coming from unblo- you know unblocked blitzers, uh, D linemen getting off their blocks and into the backfield, and he was sidestepping them, spinning out, uh, and able to still either run for the first down or or keep his eyes downfield and hit some big plays. And um, look, if Texas wouldn't have uh, falling apart completely. Most people would have felt that his Heisman moment uh, was that third and 17. Uh, he had another one where he kept the ball at the end of the Bama game uh, on that read option, uh, which people thought, you know, put Bama away uh, essentially, or at least kind of set up that touchdown to where then Clyde, you know, on the following possession uh, was able to get into the end zone after that long bomb, or excuse me, get the first down and kneeled out after that long bomb by Tua. But that play where he rolled out twice on Trevon Walker at Georgia and hits Jefferson uh, wide open down the field. It's unbelievable uh, what he's able to do under pressure, moving his feet, keeping his eyes downfield, keeping plays alive, and still remaining a 70, what, 7% passer on the year, which uh, is still pacing ahead of, of McCoy for uh, the best all-time uh, in history. So it's it's unbelievable what we're witnessing right now. All the awards that will come in this week from um, the Heisman to the Maxwell to um, Davey O'Brien and, uh, golly, what is, I mean, there's a few of them. I'm probably Johnny minus, uh, he's already won, um, countless awards that he'll win and they'll be likely win and they'll be well-deserved because we won't, we haven't ever seen an LSU passer do this. We haven't seen any quarterback in the country with some of these stats. Uh, and I don't think in LSU kind of the future of the program, we'll ever see it again. It's one of the most rare things we've been able to witness and um shoot it's been cool for everyone listening and you and i to, to certainly be able to cover it yeah and and look we'll talk a lot more about that when things become official with the heisman trophy finalists and and certainly kind of preview your trip to, N- to nyc but uh, look the committee meets on sunday pretty well they met at saturday night after the the college uh, or the, the the conference title games and opt to go with lsu at number one in the uh, college football playoff rankings released on Sunday in that uh, absolute marathon of a selection kind of Sunday deal. Uh, look, for, for me, I thought it was pretty cool uh, the way uh, Tom Hart, I believe from SEC Network, was on campus. And uh, there's a lot of coaching staffs and, and teams watching the selection show. And, and he kind of teased it like LSU's wild announcement uh, party in the uh, new football operations building. And, and there was not a soul in sight. They were back to work. They were either some were probably enjoying their Sunday off. Let's be real, but uh, that that 
was kind of, I think, indicative of, of how this team has been all year and, and how you would expect them to react to, to the number one ranking. I, th- I just thought it was funny. Yeah, I mean, we saw, uh, what, an hour before the selection show happened, uh, Jaquil and Roy tweets out that Edward runs in his house hanging out. Uh, he was already on the road going to see Roy and Jacoby and Guillory and that night Finley. Uh, we saw Clemson had a pizza party. Uh, and LSU has nobody watching uh, the selection show. All the players were um, hanging out on their own, getting you know rehabbed uh, from the from the night prior. You know the game against uh, Georgia, and it kind of falls in line, Billy, with what we've seen from this team all year. They've never talked about anything but the next game. They don't talk about the SEC championship. They don't talk about the playoffs. They don't talk about national championship. It's always just been whoever's up next on the schedule. That's who has our focus and. Uh, at that point, they didn't have anybody on the schedule. So I think they kind of just said, all right, we're going to take a minute and, and relax and hit the road and recruit, and we'll figure it out as soon as they announce it. And uh, I liked it. If, if you're LSU, it's uh, – what is the old – act like you've been there before. They haven't been to the playoffs. They've obviously been to the BCS National Championship before, um, but they weren't going to let uh, kind of that moment be uh, a celebration because, as Orgeron said, after the game, um, making the play – you know, may, winning the SEC wasn't their destination – making the playoffs wasn't their destination. The ultimate destination would be winning the national championship. And uh, that's what they've got their sights set on. And, uh, and they're blocking out the noise pretty well. Yeah. So uh, look, let's uh, briefly talk about the, the ranking overall. I mean, when, even when I, I was watching the LSU you know, game against Georgia and the way they were dominant, I was obviously, you know, waiting what Ohio state would do to answer. And for me, the way Ohio state roared back, and, and you know, defeated Wisconsin, it kind of wasn't close at the end. I, I still thought that there was an inkling that the committee, again, had kind of already made that decision. But I, I give them a lot of credit for recognizing what I think everyone believes after this weekend and that LSU was deserving of that number one ranking. Uh, were you surprised at all that they, that they jumped to number one? No, not really. And, and I you know, look, I thought that because of the media rhetoric of when Ohio State got named number one, that uh, this wasn't something that LSU was going to be able to overcome, that they were going to end up staying number two, despite uh, if both teams were able to finish season undefeated. But again, I go back to it. I mean, I sat there and watched the whole LSU game. Uh, and by the time I left the press box uh, to go watch the, the Ohio State game, it was at halftime. Ohio State was losing. And Wisconsin, okay, I don't mean to Let's put it in the scope of if we think there are only a handful of really elite teams out there. Wisconsin wasn't good. They couldn't move the football. They were barely picking up first downs. Um, you know, and we've seen that from them in many games this year. They were playing sound defense, but uh, even then it took Ohio State really into the fourth quarter uh, where Wisconsin started to shoot themselves in the foot. They, they were putting themselves in second, third, and long situations, not picking up first downs, turning the ball over right after Ohio State scored. Uh, and we're able to give the Buckeyes just that little bit of window and, and a good team, a great team. Ohio State's a great team. We're able to capitalize on that, but it wasn't impressive to me. I mean, you beat, a, beat Wisconsin 50 to 10 or whatever, 35 to 10, 37 to 10. There you go. LSU beat Georgia 37 to 10. Beat them like that, where it's never a doubt, and you'll stay number one. But the fact they left the door open to be jumped because they didn't look good in that game. I mean, if, you, if you've got a team as talented as Ohio State, you can't put away Wisconsin in the first half. That leaves some room for a team like LSU to jump you because, let's be fair, again, if the committee thinks Georgia's four and Wisconsin's eight, and as you noted, if Georgia just lost by 27 points and only dropped one spot, 
if they feel that good about Georgia, then they don't feel that exact same way about Wisconsin and, and Ohio State just struggled. I mean, it, it really wasn't until the fourth quarter that they actually put them away and had look, Wisconsin was trying to score at the end. It would have been a, I guess, cheap touchdown. Didn't matter, but uh, that would have cut the the back to double, you know, back to double digits. The the ultimate win for Ohio State. So not shocked or surprised really that LSU jumped them. I thought. If I'm trying to be a neutral observer, and, and I've watched every LSU game, I've not watched every Ohio State game, but I thought for much of the season, Ohio State had, sure, a more complete team. I thought LSU had a better offense, and statistically they do, but now that we've seen what we've seen in, in recent games from LSU's defense, uh, I don't know if I would argue that Ohio State's a more complete team. I think that they're on pretty even footing. Yeah, and look, we might get a chance to see LSU battle Ohio State in the college football playoff. On the other side of this break, we're going to break down a little bit of LSU-Oklahoma and a little bit of Clemson-Ohio State as those are the four teams in the college football playoff this year. We'll do that on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. A quick reminder to take advantage of the final hours of the 50% off annual subscription sale we've got going. Tons of Tiger fans have been jumping on that as LSU's hitting the recruiting trail. Ed Ogeron is doing some in-home visits, so you're not going to want to miss that at all. So definitely check that out. And uh, if you miss out, you can still take advantage of the dollar for just a month starting on Tuesday. So check that out. LSU's going to take on... Oklahoma in the early game on ESPN, the 4 o'clock Eastern one in Atlanta for the Peach Bowl. And then Clemson, Ohio State will follow that up at night on ESPN. This is, I think, a matchup that, look, Oklahoma needed help to get in. Utah lost badly to Oregon, and then they took care of business against Baylor in overtime in the Big 12 title game, earning their bid. This was so close to just being absolute chaos in the college football playoff. But LSU does get Oklahoma. I guess, what are, your, what are your initial thoughts on the Sooners? Well, I mean, I, I saw the line came out with LSU as a, a double-digit favorite. Uh, I've watched OU a handful of times. Look, they probably should have lost to Baylor twice, really. I mean, Baylor essentially blew both times they played them. Uh, and they did lose to Kansas State in a game where they had to kind of make a pretty big comeback uh, to get back into that game and, and still ultimately lost. Um I haven't seen LSU struggle to that degree against those uh, type of teams. So I'm curious of, uh, of really um, kind of how, how is Oklahoma going to stop LSU defensively? Because they haven't been able to stop some Big 12 teams that don't have the offense that LSU does. 
Uh, that's going to be my big thing. If, if LSU's offense continues to play like they do, like they have, then ultimately I think that they're going to win. Then the flip side becomes um, you've got Christian Fulton and Derek Stingley. How are you guarding CeeDee Lamb? Uh, because I think he will be by far one of the biggest factors. But I'll roll back around to this, and, and we'd have to look at, obviously, John Reese Plumlee is more guy who gets it done with his legs and his arm. But uh, Jalen Hurts can throw the football, um, not the best passer in the country, but certainly can, can hit an open man and, and has some uh, really impressive throws on his film across recent years. Uh, and he's played in big games, obviously, at, at Alabama and now into OU. But he can run the ball. I mean, if they get into a situation where he's kind of gashing them or, or keeping plays alive like Burrow does, uh, I think that it'll be it'll be a, it could be a tight game. I just think that they haven't faced many quarterbacks, in my opinion, Billy, this year who have the talent with their arm, but are also elite runners as Hertz is. Yeah, I think it's going to be again, LSU's kind of struggled at times to defend running quarterbacks, but they were able to to shut down Kellen Mond, who can run the football, not not to the degree that I think Hertz can. But this is look, a, a lot of people, I, I think ESPN came out with their predictions on the game already. And they have LSU just blowing Oklahoma out of the water. And for me, I'm a little surprised by that kind of, I guess, uh, prediction, just because I I think Oklahoma is going to be able to put up more than 17, which is what ESPN had kind of picked for for LSU to, to hold the Sooners to. I, I, do you see this one getting to a, you know, maybe a little bit of a shootout? I mean, it. Let's let's be real. I mean, Jalen Hurts has that experience in the college football playoff in a national championship game. I, I just think it's it, it's going to be I, I, I think LSU is going to win. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's a very difficult kind of game to just say, oh, LSU is going to just blow them out. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is. It's it's tough to say that LSU is going to go in and just blow out a team that uh, has played consistently as well as Oklahoma. I think Lincoln Riley is one of the brightest minds uh, when it comes to offensive play calling. He'll have some stuff dialed up. The Lincoln-Riley-Dave Aranda matchup will be awesome to watch because obviously OU's got guys on offense and, and LSU's got guys on defense. Both are uh, hitting their strides certainly at the end of the year in terms of uh, playing well on that side of the football. And there's not uh, maybe a better chess match of, of this kind of first wave of, uh, of college football, you know, bowl games and, and then into the playoffs, obviously, uh, I think, than, than Aranda and, and Lincoln-Riley. It, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not calling for an LSU blowout. I'm really going to need to look more at Oklahoma before I give some matter-of-fact statement of what my opinion might be. But I do kind of feel that Vegas is probably onto something if they think that LSU should debut, you know, kind of come out as double-digit favorites in this one. Um, be interesting to see. I think this is a good matchup, but I will say this about it. The number one seed was so important this year um, because the gap – in my opinion, between those three and Oklahoma or whoever else it might have been, Utah uh, is big. And, and I think it would have been bigger had it been Utah or Baylor. Uh, I think Oklahoma shrinks that gap a little bit, but uh, not enough to where the number one seed really wanted to be the number one seed. So you put LSU back in Atlanta in a dome now that they just played in and, and had a really good showing, uh, and you've got to like LSU's chances early on. I don't know about a blowout, but all that matters is at the end of the game, they're up by more than uh, zero. You know, they've got a one point or greater advantage. And uh, I certainly think going into that one, how dialed in Burr has been. Uh, and with this many weeks to repair, this many weeks to get healthy, um, that you'd be silly not to think that LSU is considered the heavy favorite. 
Yeah, and, and one thing to note is that during the course of the college football playoff, the number one seed has never won a national championship. So LSU has changed a lot in its program with its record-setting offense. They'll have to change a little bit of history uh, over the course of the college football playoffs existence now, uh, having uh, that kind of not overhanging anything. I, I don't think they'll care at all. And I don't think it truly has an impact. But still, uh, I did think that stat was interesting. On the other side of the, the bracket, so to speak, Clemson, Ohio State, this is kind of your marquee uh, heavyweight type of matchup. Two teams undefeated. Uh, Clemson, the first number one team in the country in the preseason rankings to go undefeated and fall to number three. They had an impressive showing in the ACC title game, at least against Virginia, who's kind of, you know, meh. But hanging 62 on, on a team in a, in a title game is nothing to kind of uh, laugh at. And then Ohio State with the comeback win to beat Wisconsin. Uh, what are your kind of early thoughts on, on those, those two getting together in uh, Arizona? It's going to be a really good game. I mean, I think that ultimately Ohio State has an advantage. I think Clemson's coming in, though, with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. I mean, you look at their – I know that, look, I've always subscribed to this too. Like, you don't – the rankings should not be based off what you did last year, what you did on the previous year. But they do have guys on that team who have been on the – you know, this previous year team, so they've got the experience. I mean, they've won – the guys who are juniors and below have won three straight ACC championships – uh, Etienne has won twice, been ACC Player of the Year. Uh, Lawrence obviously was uh, one of the most highly regarded players in the country a year ago. They've got a national championship under their belt. They're not going to be – you can knock their schedule all they want. They're not going to be phased by playing Ohio State. They're not going to – it's not going to be too big for them. So uh, I think in that regard, you got to be a bit nervous if you're Ohio State because, again, Clemson, yeah, they've, been there. they've been there before. They get it. They, they've played in these big games, and, the, and they've won. And they've played teams that are just as talented as Ohio State, if not more talented, uh, if you're speaking about Bama a year ago. So I, I think that's going to be one of the best games of the bowl se season. It could be, in many years, that would be a national championship-type game. You know, I think that uh, those two teams are as good as any out there, LSU included. Uh, and because of that, uh, I think it makes it uh, must-watch TV. I'm not shocked that they put that one as the primetime game and put LSU Oklahoma at three o'clock uh, because I think that that one will probably be one of the better games uh, of the college football season because boy, Trevor Lawrence dueling off against Justin Fields. Uh, they've got the history together, you know, playing in Georgia, graduating high school at the same time. Uh, uh, ultimately, you know, Fields stays in state from goes to Clemson, uh, excuse me. And now I'm mixing up all my guys. Fields stays in state. Lawrence goes to Clemson from gets the job. Uh, and we saw Fields leave uh, to go to Ohio State. Now they meet back up, uh, and it'll be fun to watch. They're probably happy that one's not in the Georgia Dome, Billy, because if you brought back Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, two high school Georgia quarterbacks, and had Clemson, Ohio State playing in Atlanta in that game uh, with two guys who are pretty hyped up and not playing uh, for Georgia, uh, that one would have really stung the Bulldogs coming off the SEC title. Yeah, that that is uh, that's very, very true. And it it's certainly something that yeah, I think when uh, those two get together, it'll be talked about. I mean, the broadcast can't not mention uh, those two being from Georgia. And certainly uh, they have a lot of a lot of ties uh, there just kind of with, uh, you know, Fields having played at Georgia as well before transferring. So um, they'll have uh, uh, plenty to talk about the two Georgia stars. And look, I, I think if you're Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables, you watch the way Wisconsin was able to pretty much beat Ohio State up front for the better 
portion of the the, the first half and in, a little bit into the second half, at least defensively. And you got to be feeling pretty good. Clemson's got a talented defensive line. They have just depth, talent, much more so than Wisconsin. I think that's something to watch is can Clemson kind of create that pressure that Wisconsin was able to create that uh, just kind of slowing down J.K. Dobbins and doing all those things that Ohio, that uh, Wisconsin wasn't able to sustain over the course of the game. And then you look to Trevor Lawrence to make enough plays uh, for Clemson to potentially head back to the national championship game. I, I just Ohio State's been so dominant. It'll be it, they almost kind of have this this Alabama type feel to them from last year. Where can they keep up that momentum that they've had all year? I don't see any reason why they can't. I mean, this is one of those things where I think both these teams are going to be carrying the momentum that they've had all year into this game. Um, man, I, again, it's this playoffs is tough for me to gauge. It, it really is because I think the top three teams are all really, really good. And I don't think Lincoln Riley is going to go into that game and just not have a, uh, a really good um, kind of feel for, for what LSU does defensively and how he can uh, manipulate that game. Um, in terms of kind of uh, exposing any sort of weaknesses that LSU might have or, or whatever it might be uh, with guys like Lamb and, and Hertz and their running games. So uh, I'm, I'm torn. I can't wait. I'm going to be watching uh, some games, hopefully, uh, look back at, at some of the big games both those teams played. But uh, I lean early on, LSU winning, Ohio State winning, uh, and we get the Joe Burrow versus Ohio State in New Orleans for the national championship game. Yeah, the, the storylines on that one would be uh, just unbelievable. And, and just overall, I mean, for LSU to have a chance to go back to the national championship and, and, and do it in New Orleans would be, would be just something that uh, obviously has been done before and certainly is, is special. Um, who do you think, do you, do you see Ohio State beating Clemson? Do you, do you see, I assume you at least think LSU is going to beat Oklahoma and, and we'll kind of close out with kind of some loose predictions on the playoff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I've got Ohio State over Clemson. I bet that they win a close one. Uh, I think LSU, if I'm giving a loose way out prediction, will win by 10 to 14, uh, and then we'll move on to a, a national championship game of LSU-Ohio State, and uh, whoever has the ball last in that one might just end up winning. Yeah, I, I, I think so. It'll be really, really interesting to see kind of how, how LSU is able to contain uh, Justin Fields, who, who's certainly mobile, can run if they do end up facing Ohio State if they make it to the to the national championship game. But I I I, I lean towards LSU winning it all. But uh, I think we're in for an absolute classic if LSU makes it to the national championship game against either one of those teams. Uh, but I, I would probably lean Ohio State right now. Um, but but I I, I think uh, a lot of Brent Venables and I, I think having the playoff experience is also something that that Clemson certainly has. On their side, Ohio State, you know, now breaking into the college football playoff with Ryan Day for the first time. So I think that's something potentially to watch with all the time that they have on their hands to game plan and things like that. Uh, sometimes it just comes down to who who uses it uh, the uh, most wisely and and kind of has their their ducks in a row to have their team ready to play in that in that semifinal game. And then you don't really need much to get up for that national title game or, or either one of these games, but. Uh, with that long layoff, it's something to kind of be monitored, in, in my opinion, at least, how, how you're able to control your team uh, through that time and, and going over Christmas and everything like that. But I think we've, we've talked long enough about SEC title, college football playoff, all that stuff. We're going to wrap up this podcast. Keep it locked on. Go 24-7. 
plenty more to come throughout the week. And gosh, what a lead up we're going to have as we're following LSU going into the college football playoff. A lot of recruiting news to cover over the course of the week. So uh, like I said, keep it locked on the Go 24-7 podcast. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.